Let's see. Oh, yeah. We live. All right. See? The whole world hey. is watching us face te- technical difficulties. producer in the background. Hey, hey everybody. What's happening? What's happening? What's happening? <laughs> Yo, so it's been a minute since us three have been together uh, as the brethren to do the brethren podcast. So literally trying to like corral chickens and cats in the same box. You know what I'm saying? It's just real quick. I'm like, hey. Let's get on. Let's have a real good conversation. We're about 30 minutes. It's 9.33 right now. Let's check the time. DJ BI time checker. We're going to try to make it 30 minutes of a solid conversation. 45 minutes in true brethren style, giving people some value. We're going to empower them. We're going to engage them. We're going to give them some executable actions to make things better for themselves. So neither one of my brethren, Destrian Wells or Destrian Wells Consultant or Dr. Ajamu Loving, PhD, CFP, uh, KFC is a place that you can get <laughs> the other day get from. <laughs> uh, neither one of them know why I have called them here today to talk, so they have no idea what the topic is. Unlike regular brethren, where we at least agree on a topic and we know where we're gonna go, they don't know. Actually, I don't know, but I'm about to say it now. No. I want to talk about the best ways to navigate this pandemic, how to plan in this pandemic, because obviously. We've literally gone a full year, if, you, if we're being serious with ourselves, we've gone a full 12 months in a pandemic because January, we had our first cases according to the CDC. We knew about it in December. So we've gone a full year. We're in December now of this pandemic. And obviously it's not over. We're going, it's going to continue over into 2021. Um, so for people who are maybe behind the, behind the ball a little bit, and have not actually put plans into place. Uh, we have you two with your expertise in finance, specifically Dr. Loving with his uh, PhD in personal financial planning, the first black person uh, to do it in the world. Don't dispute us. <laughs> um, but I just wanted to come and have a, have a conversation surrounded a, a, around that topic of planning in this yeah. pandemic because as we know, because we always talk about work-life balance, and right now that's that's really, really tough for people because a lot of people are living in the actualities of, 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 of what people, you know, everybody kind of has, you know, I want a job while I work from home. And now they got it, and it's not what they thought it was because other pressures of life are now piled on top of that dream of, oh, you're working remote now, but it's not what you thought it would be because it's not under the normal circumstances. So let's start there. Mm -hmm. How have you all personally, and we'll start with Doc, how have you all personally adjusted and planned accordingly to working in this pandemic? And what is the advice that you have for other people, especially you two, you know, with the corporate background, Doc, you're a professor, uh, you also do corporate work. Uh, on the side, so you know specifically in that in that area, how have you planned and and, and moved accordingly, and how has your plan blown up in your face? And be truthful. Go ahead. <laughs> there you go. That there's that that's the real deal. I think that uh, in terms of in, in terms of plan, I feel like I'd be lying if I said that I had planned for this, or you know what I mean. Specifically, certainly, no, man. I didn't. I didn't expect it. Uh, 
an, an epidemic to keep us um, in the house where we couldn't really go out and travel and do the things we had been doing. Um, but because of the type of work that I do, the adjustment has been far easier for me. And I think for a lot of people who work in the sort of human capital space. And what I mean by that is you're not physically manipulating anything for your job, your job and where you bring, um, where you bring uh, value is all about information that you have, being able to communicate, being able to use technology. And so for people who, who, who work in that type of uh, space, it hasn't been nearly as much of, uh, I, I shouldn't say an adjustment because we're doing things far differently, but in terms of the negative side of things, in terms of lost money, I haven't experienced that, right? In terms of uh, lost opportunities, haven't experienced that. What I have experienced is decreased um, expenses associated with uh, doing business, you know, in terms of the, the cost of travel, the cost of all of the things that I would typically do in order to make money. Now I'm not experiencing that. And so what you have, you actually have people talking about this K type, this K situation where there are certain groups of individuals who are on the top part of the K in terms of recovery, they're coming up because things, you know, it's not affecting them in the same way because they can do their job more easily remotely. And then you have other people who need um, the physical patronage of clients and customers. They need to be able to physically do something with people around the crowds around. And those people are suffering tremendously. Right. And so the difficult thing is that we're not all experiencing the pandemic the same way. And so I would have to be careful about saying, okay, well, we can all plan the same way. The only thing that I can say that we need to do and make sure that we do and recognize is that our time can come too, right? And so while things are decent for us, this is the time for us to be stashing money. This is the time interest rates are low, you know, so if we have to finance any things that, we, uh, that, that we're looking at in terms of business expansion, it's not a bad time to be able to do that and secure funds, but recognizing that, hey, you know, the other shoe can fall. And, you know, at some point, I don't know how it will fall, but there's always going to be something, right? After this, there will be a thing. There could be something that just affects the financial uh, sector. And then I get decimated and everybody else is fine. And so you never know exactly where you're going to stand when times get tough. And that's why it's important to start making provision, putting away money while you can, right? Recognizing that you want to have that three to six months of, uh, of liquid funds there and available if something should happen. And then uh, beyond that, uh, really start putting into place uh, your financial independence plans. And so what I mean about that is long-term investments, things in the stock market that tend to, uh, to uh, give you a, a higher return over a longer period of time, Put all of those plans into place. If you haven't, if if you are still thinking that the government is going to rescue uh, households that are in financial trouble, I don't know why you are. Right? If this this last uh, th this whole deal with with Congress and in the last sort of hey, what's going to happen with this uh, stimulus? I, I think you can see. Um, Politicians are far more comfortable playing 
uh, politics than they are to see into the needs of the American households. That's either on, on either side, right? And so it's your job to see to the needs of your, of your own household and recognize that that might not be there, uh, might not be coming and probably won't be coming from the governmental side. And so you have to be able to take care of yourself. And we as households and the people need to be able to take care of our, ourselves and our loved ones and, and the other people who might be around us and suffering uh, while we're still um, in, in a decent situation. So that's all I have on, on that so far. But I love to hear what Destrian has to say because he looks ready. <laughs> well, uh, DJ it's weird I can see y'all now. Normally we don't get to see each other's reactions. Right, so. right. Yeah. DJ, uh, your point, and I'm going uh, to step away real quick and go grab the grab the kiddo out the car. So uh, <laughs> okay. you, you got the floor. All right, I'll make sure I can talk until you get back. If That's not, not I'll, a problem. I'll pitch it back to Doc. So handle your business. Tell my uh, God, baby, I said, what's up? So um, the first thing I will say is that um, during this time, um, like you, AJ said, we all haven't been able to really come together as much as we would have liked to because we've had to adjust our focus. But for those that are listening under the sound of my voice, you know, my prayer is that you and your families are doing reasonably well or as well as can be expected with all the things that are going on. So as Doc mentioned, you know, he and I work in a very similar industry. And so my day to day, the only disturbance I've really had is the fact that my travel has been suspended. Um, from a standpoint of a quality of life, it's, it's actually giving me more time to watch my son grow and, and uh, be here to kind of tag my wife out from some of the day to day duties that were going on in our household. Um, in terms of preparation, I gotta be honest, you know, um, we probably were sick earlier in the year and didn't know it probably around the January timeframe. And, um, when February hit, I haven't been to my office since February 24th or what have you. And I was at an event where there was some congressional leaders and they all tested positive and, you know, um, proper protocol at that point was to self-quarantine. Unfortunately, I was okay, but we immediately went into a shutdown. So I haven't physically been in my office for almost the duration of a year. But I would probably say that um, if the leaders of my company had to weigh in, this has probably been my more or most productive year simply because I had the flexibility to not be on a plane 60% of the time. Um, I was able to, my commute consisted of me walking from my upstairs to my downstairs. And you and I, Doc, you know, we've been able to do all the things that we were doing. But with, uh, with that being said, my sensitivity is to the folks who can't do that and who have not been fortunate enough to do that. And to your point, I think that this is a great example of the fact that we have to participate in our own financial rescue of our communities because you cannot depend on the government to do it for you. And that doesn't mean that you're gonna be prepared to do it tomorrow, but I think that the hurt and the agony that hopefully most families have endured and are getting up to the other side of is indicative of something that will stick with them in terms of actually developing a plan. So what have we done? Um, we've made some adjustments because quite frankly, again, we didn't have a plan. What we did was we said, hey, look, our son is going to be home for probably four to five months. All daycare, all of that was shut down. That threw a big wrench in our plan because 
childcare is an essential part of our life, but we both were privileged enough to be able to work from home. And we had to give that, uh, that due diligence and that space to essential workers to be able to get out and move freely and do the things they needed to do without being endangered by additional households or consequently endangering others. And so I think this is that uh, people are more important than things element that we always find a way to get to because as a society, we need to choose each other over, you know, whatever uh, materialistic thing it is that we're chasing. And for me, it was a big reset. So my plan became, how do I recession proof my family, the ecosystem around me? And so there are some things that we started doing. Uh, AJ and I embarked on the journey. I mean, you, you came along as well. We started looking at more entrepreneurial type of things that would create more streams of income for us. Now, we've tried to share some of that information with, uh, with people, and we think it's a great opportunity. But listen, everything is not for everyone, but you have to start having conversations about how you diversify yourself because relying on your employer whole um, in perpetuity, it's just not going to be the way that you're going to be able to protect yourself or your family. I think further along the lines of what you talked about, Doc, just in terms of, of where we are in terms of the society, um, you talked about interest rates, you talked about the government. Unfortunately, everyone was not able to participate in that. When you think about that K-curve, that's still the top one to 10% of earners in the country. And we're now we're getting right back to many of the things that we've talked about in the past relative to the racial wealth gap. And again, if this doesn't bring this home, I don't know what is, you know, healthcare and wealth are concretely tied together, whether we like it or not. And African-American people have disproportionately been affected by this pandemic, both from an economic standpoint and a, and a, and a physical and a, and a health standpoint. And I think it's time that, that we, uh, we take a look at some of the, the activities that we're doing. Um, I started getting out running every day and just fresh air, making sure I was doing something. I'll tell you what, I didn't see a lot of people that looked like me doing those things. And I think it's multi, uh, multifaceted. Number one, most folks that look like us are on the front lines and they are essential workers. So they don't have the latitude to be at home to go and do those things where some of our, some of our constituents do. Um, one of the biggest things about combating this is your immune system and exercising. So if you have to work every day and compromise your immune system every single day, you're obviously at a higher risk. But when you think about um, the communities that that, uh, that that impacts, it is vastly different than those communities that are staying at home. And so when you look at that racial wealth gap that Dr. Loving uh, really intensely talks about, that's something that we really need to think about, not to mention you know, during this time away, there's been so much social distress in the world that has happened and that's occurred. And, you know, I think that emotional trauma is also a huge factor of what's impacting our communities as well, because, you know, I've had 
people in my organization call me and check on me and just say, hey, I want to make sure you're all right. Not because we don't think the workload is an issue, but because we see the things that's happening in society and as a reflection of what could happen to you when you leave your home tomorrow. So we've started a, a racial equity task force at my organization that I've been fortunate enough to participate in. So look, there have been a lot of things that have happened and I don't think that this has affected everyone in the same way, but in a variety of ways, I think there are unique stories across the, uh, the board where hopefully there's a testimony at the end of this and not, you know, a ton of, of, of sad cases because there are so many that I've seen and I've heard. So, you know, my, uh, my steadfast hope, wish, and prayer is that we can come out of this thing better um, than we came in it. And I think, again, that starts with, the, you gotta have a plan. What's your economic plan? What's your plan for your physical and emotional well-being? And then quite frankly, listen, um, regardless of your politics, I support the right to bear arms and you better be prepared to protect yourself and your family if things get worse because we may see things get worse before it actually gets better. Yeah, I hope you're wrong about that. But you know, as soon as you said you were, you were uh, running outside, first thing that popped into my head was Ahmaud Arbery. Like, yeah. It's, it's one of those deals where the way in which um, the way in, in, in which we experience trauma and terror in this country makes it so that you can, you know, we don't, we don't get to experience uh, the American freedom life or whatever it is that everybody is always talking about in the same way as everyone else. You know, I don't, we live in a great neighborhood. My, my wife doesn't like me to work out out outside or to run through the neighborhood just because she's scared that someone who's either moved in and knew uh might see me or the police who don't necessarily know me might ride up on me or whatever so there's the terror that my wife experiences thinking about me working out outside so i do everything in the house right and i think to, to your point, you do have to, you have to prioritize yourself physically. So I, I do insanity. That's my, that's my workout. I love it. I enjoy it. It's crazy, but it keeps, it, you know, it keeps me sweating and breathing hard. And I think you have to give yourself something that is going to physically challenge you and, and, and see to your physical health, right? You also likewise need to see to your financial health by making sure that um, to whatever extent that you can save during this time, that you're starting to save and put you, put yourself in a better position. And for those of us who are healthy, um, making sure that we have proper life insurance in place so that if something happens to us financially, our, uh, our families can, um, can either be uh, either experience some recompense or for, you know, for some people, it can be a, a potential windfall, but not taking care of our, our needs in terms of life insurance is something that as you can see, or you should be able to see, we can't afford to not handle mm. that. Right. Because it, there isn't going to be some function to step in for us or on our behalf to handle it, to, to handle it for us. It's just not how it works. And so, um, the, uh, I think the level of seriousness when it comes to, uh, just having, uh, doing business correctly within our household 
has got to increase. And I, and I think, and, and I, I perceive that it has among a lot of people. When I talk to them now, you know, they're, they're just like, look, man, I need to know what I need to do. Right? right. I need to make sure that we're squared away. If something should happen to me or something should happen to, uh, to, to my wife or, uh, or kids or elderly, uh, family members, just things that, uh, that a lot of times you might not have thought about because stuff was just going okay. And you're sure. like, all right, well, we're making it, right? And I think a lot of times if you're making it, then you're not, you, you might not spend a bunch of time thinking about, okay, well, how are things, what's going to happen if things ha- have a, a downturn or what do I need to do in the future to ensure that things can go well going forward? You just, hey, man, I'm happy to be making it, especially when people aren't. And that right. is one of those things you, you know, you, you want to, uh, you want to be real careful about that. You know? No. So to, to, to your point around that, I think that this kind of sped the clock up probably by 15 to 20 years on most people, because part of the conversation in my household was, <clears throat> excuse me, part of the conversation in my household was, do you as my wife understand the business aspect that we have as a family. And if I haven't done a good job of articulating that or bringing you in on that, I absolutely need to do that at this point, because it's too late to have you scrambling and figuring things out if something should happen. Further, it it forced me to have a a more specific and defined conversation with, uh, with, with my mother about, you know, what would be, your wishes, and this is not a conversation I want to have, but also, um, are we prepared for that? And if not, let's do that, but let's do that together, you know? So it's not like it's some endeavor that I'm sending you off on to prepare for it. It, it has nothing to do with me or, or my, my sister per se, um, but she has grandchildren and, and do you want to do something for them? I haven't had those conversations and those conversations were important. And so I think she appreciated. Like, quick, Go ahead, real quick, because I don't mean to cut you off. Because basically, what you did is you fleshed out you and Doc between the two of you. This is why I love doing this with y'all because I just throw <laughs> something out there, and both of y'all just go in it and just you know just, y'all just take it up and run with it. I love it. It's like you know I fumbled the ball on purpose, but you bring up <laughs> you bring up the point exactly what I mean. Because when I say planning in this pandemic, nobody could have planned that this happened. No, you know, you could have been you could have been cautious, aware, and vigilant at the right. beginning when the news and the things came out and said, "Hey, there's something going on over here." You know, now there's something going on in China. There's something going on in Italy. It's probably going to come to the United States. Let's you know, let's 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 stock up on some provisions. Not toilet paper. Not bread. Not milk. You know, let's you know, like Doc said, let's get some things into place. If you're if you were vigilant and aware, let's say. Um, but you're in the thick of it now. And oftentimes in a pandemic, there is panic and chaos, which we see it's happened. It's still happening because now that numbers are going up, what do we see is gone again? Toilet tissue is gone again. Why? Nobody will ever be able to explain it. Same reason why in Florida, when they have a hurricane, all the milk and the bread is gone. Those are two of the things that go bad the quickest in your house. Why would you get that if your power is going to go out? Makes no sense. Nobody can explain. It. It's just... I don't know if it's Americans or just humans 
But I think it's just America. You in a storm, know. French toast makes you feel better. That's why all the milk <laughs> and eggs and bread, you got to make French hey, toast. They want something. Look, I don't know. They want rice pudding. But make sandwiches <laughs> and eat cereal so you can feel comfortable and safe. Um, well, your, your generator is your generator's going. There you go. Hey, and see, and that's a, that's a conversation for the wealth gap because you know, you probably everybody don't, don't have, have it. it. Right, have right. It. Yeah, man. right. right. And, and even if you can afford one, how much can your small, cheap generator compare to your, you know, the, the, the guy that's got the mansion with the with the with the hotel in, uh, industrial generator? He running the whole house. He out there yeah. playing video games, got the hot tub running off the generator. Meanwhile, you're struggling to keep one lamp and the refrigerator uh, so the baby's milk don't go bad. All right. No, these you are facts. This is this you know is what I'm why saying? I. In my opinion, financial planning is more important for people who are in, uh, on the margins or potentially in danger than it is for people who afford, are wealthy. They can't afford right? make, make mistakes. They can't afford exactly. Loss. You got you got luxury problems when you have when you have a bunch of money. You have when you're already wealthy, right? It's a, you're dealing with different choices, and obviously, you always want the best opportunity, but. You know, nobody's going to starve. Nobody's going to be outdoors. You're not having to wait for some moratorium on evictions and all of that to make sure you're okay. But there are a lot of people who are suffering in that space right now. And I'm be honest with you. I don't 100% know what resources to point those people to because we have, we've done such a horrible job in terms of uh, preserving the safety nets within this country, you know, I don't know what gives us the this mentality that that people and their families and their households uh, don't matter. And as long as the market is uh, appears to be doing well, we'll use that as a proxy for the economy instead of looking at the actual households and families and what people are going through. You know, I hey, you know, I'm invested in the market i love to see uh all of the prices go up over time it's a wonderful feeling but mm-hmm. you know people are more important than things and i just can't sit by watch folks suffer and 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 wait and, and feel comfortable in that and so I, and i have no idea how conf, how congress democrat republican or otherwise can sit here and go back and forth about these large numbers in terms of how much we want to give or not give and decide to do nothing until they feel, you know, till they arrive on a number that's great. While there's people out there that, you know, if if the local municipalities lift the uh, the moratorium on uh, evictions, they'll be outdoors. Right. Which most most of them actually have, you know, and the sad part about it is the moratoriums only lasted until right around now. And right. as we see numbers are going up and they have not, and they don't really have plans of extending it. And, and, so and at this point, it's, it's the question of if you haven't planned anything, what do you do during this whole time? Because yeah, that, that, that's, that, that's basically the question because you know, there there could have been a lot of optimism at the beginning. I'll admit, on my on my behalf, there was a lot of optimism. I was like, you know what, things are going to go right. You know, and you know, I'm in New York, so for the most part, New York State got it right. You know, this whole you know, try uh, Connecticut, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, uh, New York, they worked together and kind of got it right. 
got the you got the curve down significantly. Things returned to this new weird kind of normal. You know, uh, restaurants were able to open back up for a short period of time with social distancing and things of that nature. Um, no large sporting events or anything like that came back, but there was a small sense of normalcy that came back for a short period of time. And then fall is here now, and we're back to square one. So it was easy, in a sense, to fall into this 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 sense of okay, things. Even if the government doesn't save me, we'll be out of this in time for me not to completely drown. If you get what I'm saying, yeah, yeah. And this is only speaking in terms of the people who had just enough to keep the water right here. The water's at the, yeah. the water's above their nose, so they can't really breathe, but they can still they they eyes above water. So they ain't drowning just yet. And then there's the people who are completely drowning. But the people who could see a little bit above water are like, you know, all right, now I got to really put a plan in place because there is no end in sight to this. Scratch all of the vaccine talks and we ain't even going to get on that because I'm from Tuskegee, Alabama. Hell no. All right. So you got there is no real optimism in place anymore. There is none. You can you can call optimism thinking that Joe Biden is going to be able to come in and, and stop a pandemic. Fantasy talk. It's a pandemic. This is this is biological. This ain't some you know war that can be just fixed with money. That's the other thing. Like there at this point, because it's going on so long, there's an amount of money that that still it can't fix it. They threw out trillions in the wrong direction, and it still didn't help. It didn't help anybody. All it did was create a, a large V in terms of you know stocks and equity for people with money that's why the wealth gap got even larger during a pandemic so people now that are like okay wake up i gotta do some kind of planning where do i start i can do uh, i need to get me, into stocks are stocks well, the me, right thing right now be. because the market's crazy but the the thing, and this is the other thing that I want to point to you because um, both of you all, you know, talk to people yeah. who own businesses, and you know, I, we, we all do. We all we're all business consultants, um, and with personal and, and and professional, and we have seen an increase in small businesses. Now we've also seen the decrease in small business. We know there are a lot of brick and mortar small businesses, specifically ones owned by black and brown people, who have not weathered the storm of this pandemic. And also, depending on your line of work, you have not been able to weather this because your constituents, your your base of customers can no longer afford your services. So where do I plan? What do I do now? And of course, it has a lot to do with cash flow, uh, PPP loans and uh, things of that nature came out may have held you held tided you over for a little bit because remember at the point the time that you you know most of these businesses were able to get the money and were actually given the money they had already been three months deep right so they're playing catch up with a little bit of money that they're allotted you know which is nowhere near enough because you got to show and prove how much you need and all of that and then they're gonna you know give you an amount and you're already in the hole yeah. You still got to cover all of your overhead and still try to be a good business person with integrity and keep your people's, your employees, heads above water. Yeah, it's and the best thing that you can do at a certain point for most people is, hey, go to un unemployment and unemployment. Now you're in the hole. So it's like, okay, everybody's working from this 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 negative in a sense. How do I plan? Because one thing that we've learned with trading is, you know, I lose fifty dollars. I think all I got to do is get fifty dollars back. No, no. Once I lose fifty, I got to get a hundred back because I'm in the hole. Because I was supposed to gain 50, but now I lost 50, so I need that 50 plus 50 I was supposed to get. I need yeah. 
So let me let me speak to that a little bit for you. So I think this is where, um, as a business, like if I'm strictly talking as a business, and I do not want to, I do not want to be insensitive to the personal aspect of it. But you made a couple of key points. Number one, most small business owners have tried to hold on to taking care of their employees far longer than corporations have, and that's the that's the loyalty piece that's there as well because that's a relationship business that's a relationship thing right um they've tried to stay open for as long as they can when they could have shut down and uh kind of packed in some profit on the back end let me say this though i think that um if i'm a business owner i'm not going to speak about what should have been done because you you couldn't have predicted this but i'm going to talk to you about what you maybe should think about doing on a go forward basis, you should try to put yourself out of business every six months. You should personally try to put yourself out of business. So revisit your business plan and make sure that you can pivot. What we saw was that for content creators or people that have a had a social media presence or a presence in a content space, they were able to pivot far more than people who just relied on the fact that I have really good food and people come here and they've always come here once we got to this situation, it was about who's in front of folks the most to get them the most um, readily available information. And I saw a lot of viable businesses, 30 year business, even in my neighborhood, they struggled. No one knew if they were going to be open or not, because you would have to literally drive there to find out. And if, you know, you couldn't get someone on the phone because everyone is trying to service someone outside or do something else, no one was prepared for that. So I think putting together business continuity plans that are able, because we haven't had a pandemic in God knows when. So this is not a part of a standard business continuity plan. So most people wouldn't have even thought about this. So on a go forward basis, this is now part of your plan. And if you're not including it, then you're making an upfront mistake. So Thinking about this as an event or a scenario that can happen, you plan against it or not necessarily against it. You plan for it. You plan to respond to it. You just alluded to trading. We talk about this all the time in our trading business where we don't try to predict the market. We simply respond to it. I'm not partial to a buy or sell. I'm only partial to a trend. And so I think businesses should take that model and adapt it. I'm not trying to look to, uh, to downsize. I'm not trying to look to grow too much. What I'm trying to do is evaluate the research that says I should have probably been thinking about being more online two to three years ago. And I decided that my brand didn't require me to invest in that. So now you have to adapt. And so what I would say to successful businesses that are struggling or or businesses that were successful, it's time to pivot spend some of your capital on a strategy, some marketing strategies, find you a content creator that's going to get your information in front of people because it could literally save your business because people don't know to patronize areas that they don't know are open or what the rules of engagement are. And that's been a huge thing, right? Over-communication has been something or oversaturation, I should say, has been a fear of most major businesses for a long time. This pandemic has proven that there is no shortage of a desire for information and content. So if you are a business owner 
you need to play in traffic so you can get hit by as many cars as possible. Point blank, simple, right? So that's number one. Number two, as relates to structuring your business, a lot of businesses traditionally have not wanted to have lines of credit or have other capital. I'm not telling you that you have to go and highly lever your business because someone else told you to, but having access to that could have saved you and your employees. So properly structuring your business so that you have a line of credit that can carry you through a six month downturn like this. And if something crazy happens, maybe you tell your employees up front, hey, listen, we're going to hold on as long as we can, but why don't you go get the unemployment until it runs out? I'm going to then be able to carry you for another five to six months. Now you're giving a person a year to figure their life out. And I think, again, business, from a business continuity standpoint, these are just things that we hadn't been in a situation to think about, but this is how you get put out of business. So in terms of what your thinking looks like going forward, where's your chief of staff? Where's your operating officer who says, Last, the last six months have been great, but if the following were to happen to us, we'd be in danger of being out of business. And it could be extreme, but this is extreme. So now we have to start planning for extreme events because quite frankly, listen, we're entering into a, 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 a cold and flu season where we don't know what will happen. And so restaurants that recently opened three months ago are in jeopardy of closing for we don't know how long again. So if you haven't pivoted. Speaking of that, here in New York, they're, they're, we're already back on lockdown again. So Stage one? Uh, I think restaurants have to close at like 9 p.m. now again. No, so, you no, know, uh, that, their hours no, are no inside, no inside guests? Yeah, no, in, no inside. No, I, well, I don't know. I think that I think they might have cut the percentage back down to like 25% or something 30%. Like that. Gotcha. Plus, if you got outdoor dining, it doesn't matter now because we cold. So... You, you're going to be very limited in what you can, and I think what you do is you bring up a good point. Uber um, Eats, you got to now. You got to you got to partner. Yeah, you, you got to partner with all of them. Seamless Uber Eats, DoorDash, Grubhub, everyone. Uh, you know, they're they're you like you you got to get with it. Exactly. You, put, you know, as a restaurant in particular, you definitely need to you know do your due diligence and check out the fees, but also see what is the the accessibility for it. Like what is the major where are the majority of the restaurants in your area listed? Is most of your competition listed on both? If most of them listed on DoorDash or most of them listed on Grubhub, Uber Eats, you know, where are your constituents eating? I can tell you if you're in a poor, if you're in a, I won't say poorer, but if you're in a low income area, you're not going to make a lot of money with, with Uber Eats because they charge ridiculous amounts for delivery fees. Mm -hmm. So you need to, you need to be looking at a seamless, a Grubhub or a DoorDash, especially, you know, with the way that they run their deal uh, with the, the, the plus service where it's like 10 bucks a month. But when you think about that, People don't have that expendable income no more. $10 a month at this point is a lot for people. $10 a month can go get me three packs of family pack chicken that can last my family for a week, maybe two weeks, versus me spending that $10 a month to afford to buy takeout food. I can't afford takeout anymore. So that's not even in, in, in the realm as the consumer. But as the business owner, you definitely got to open your avenues up to either attract more than what you normally attract or to maintain what you normally attract. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, mean, example, I think the other Chinese thing you, restaurant, the, yeah. the, 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 most of these businesses weren't set up for this, like you said. 
So they no. had to go out and spend extra money to get dividers and PPE and all of this stuff. So in a deficit, they had to spend. So I think you bring up a good point, Destrian, where it's, we always talk about personal emergency funds. Doc said three to six months. But how many businesses truly have an emergency fund for their business because they don't foresee their business having to stop? Normally in a business, I plan my stoppage. You know, if I run a seasonal business, if I'm a lawn service, I know fall's coming. Let me, you know, let me do, let me, let me, let me shift some stuff around because I'm going to be shut down when the winter comes. I may start doing something. I might start shoveling. You know, I pivot. I move. Like you said, you got to be able to pivot. But I don't have in a plan a permanent involuntary stoppage of my business. Yeah. Most businesses don't. Yeah, and think, that's the thing that we have that at this point now it's like you really have to plan for it. Yeah, ahead, I think I think it's really difficult. You know, the, the the cash flow in most cases is not there just to, especially in a short period of time, say, oh, okay, well, I can really just sock it away and then not work. It's just not practical. But what is practical? All right, so the banks are still there, right? The banks who a lot of times, especially for our minority businesses, we have a much too casual relationship with. Let me tell you what you're doing every week, right? You're taking deposits in, right? And you're using, in many cases, just the the, the, the checking function, right? And yet they're having use of your funds, right? You're paying fees and you haven't sat down and talked to a business banker about the other ways that they can help you, fund you, potentially insure you, um, the way that some of these other larger or non, uh, non-black companies uh, will do. And so it's important for you to recognize that, it, that even though we are less banked than we ought to be as, as a people, as black folks, we also underbank ourselves sometimes by not vigorously pursuing the relationships with these financial companies. They need to be able to offer you lines of credit, right? You need to be it, when you sit down with them and you and you talk with them about what you're doing, whether it's expansion, especially during this time of, of low interest rates or, or whatever it is that you're doing, you need to be able to come to them with your concerns. And that financial institution, in most cases, has some financial products and relationships that they can use to help alleviate those deals if they come, if, if, if you come at, with them, come at those things ahead of time. And so it's important that if things are going well right now, this is the time to make sure you start deepening those relationships. If things are not going well, you know, especially if you happen to miss out on that first round of PPE, you had a casual relationship with the bank, you didn't really have any of your uh, financial statements together in the way that they needed them to be together for you to get the funding that you needed to go forward, but somehow you still made it. Those people are making money off of you. Right. Mm -hmm. And they'll make money off of the other products that you use with them, too. But you need to be getting as much out of the relationship as you possibly can. And so, you know, holding these cards close to your chest and I don't want these folks knowing what I'm doing and all in my business is like doing the same thing with the doctor. Right. You had you had that foot, that infection on your foot. You're going to mess around, lose that dog on foot now. Like, ain't no time to be keeping secrets when you're in the doctor's office. You need to let them know what's going on. And these people that can financially help you, you need to be availing yourself of those resources now. So, Doc, real quick, AJ, what he's Mm -hmm. saying 
is so important because this goes back to season one, episode one of our uh, inaugural podcast, Strategic Relationships and Partnerships. Oftentimes, we don't think that we need the help that we will ultimately need. That's just like insurance. It's better to have it and not need it than to need it and not have it. Structure your business properly. Go entitle your accounts. Go and make sure you're set up with a license because so many businesses also could have been saved if they were set up properly to receive funds. So this is a real thing that, look, I'm volunteering myself. I know Doc is, you are here. We have to do a better job in terms of our community and making sure that you know, that relationship is not as fragile as it has been to expose people to the the benefit of it and the power of it, right? So it's not that this is to to take any equity from you. You structure this the right way. It only creates more equity for you and gives you more uh, bandwidth to do business. But what I wanted to do was this, because I, I, I know the time is going. We've talked a lot about a lot of the things that have happened throughout this uh, this pandemic. And certainly there have been a tremendous amount of unfavorable things. But if I could flip the script on you, AJ, and come to you, what things have happened for you during this time and you, Doc, and I can close this section and turn it back to AJ, but what has happened that has been beneficial in your life that you can now take with you and take advantage of and and propel yourself, your business and your family forward. Because I'm a big believer, if you're not learning lessons, then you're losing. As long as you're learning a lesson, it's not necessarily a loss. So what do you have for me on that? So um, both of you all, Doc, I know Doc Doc has joined us for happy hour once before. Uh, DJ, you, you hop on happy hour. Um, with us often, um, but you know we always do a shot. I always do a shot, and I always say um, that my prayers that everybody comes out of this better than we went into it. And early on in the pandemic, it was it was apparent that there was going to be a lot of time for most people. But the but the the thing that you know that most people got to keep in mind is time luxury. Where, you know, for us, for specifically us three, the pivot wasn't hard. You know, we were able to continue to do virtually 100% of our jobs remotely. Um, But for most people, they're essential. They can't do that. Um, So the first thing that I had to do was take inventory of my time luxury and understand and put myself in places like, okay, I have extra time now. I'm not spending the usual hour of time that I spend in the car commuting to work because it's a 30 minute, you know, ride to and from my office. So that's an hour that I'm saving a day. Do I sleep that hour or do I do something productive with that hour? Um, no, you meet me at 4 a.m. Yeah, I meet you at four. I'm getting up at 4 a.m. <laughs> now to trade. But, right. you know, and that that is not a that's that's not a taxing thing for me. Because I don't have to wake up early in the morning, get myself dressed and ready and go to my office. I roll over and I pick my laptop up and I check my emails. You know what I'm saying? So I had to recognize my time luxury and then also um, maximize. You know, I had we have this extra time 
that's been built into our days now. And it's, you know, what do we do with it? Now, granted, there's way more uh, Zoom calls and that's just, you know, corporate trying to keep up your time. Let's be honest. We know what we've been in the, in, the, in the world for a while. Corporate wants to watch you. They productivity is big in their books. So what is what is what is Dr. Loving and DJ doing at the house on the clock? Let's keep them on conference calls throughout the day so that we can monitor them, you know? So, you know, if you if you got that, you still, but your days are structured still. And you don't have your commute. So you got your time luxury. I had to recognize that. Um, and it sounds cliche, but honestly, it helped really understand things that are important. I, I see my daughter every morning. I feed my daughter breakfast. We watch Sesame Street. I'm checking emails. So I've watched, I've literally been able to watch my daughter grow up for a whole year. Most parents will never have that luxury of having a full year of watching their child grow daily. You know? Yeah. So those are the positives that come from it. Also, just having the time to think and think outside the box because we're business owners ourselves. Like, you know, we're, we're all business consultants. So I deal with a lot of small business and nonprofits. I'm dealing with some nonprofits now where they can't afford to pay me, but I don't want to see them fail. So yes, I'm doing work for them pro bono. Yes, I'm helping them for free. I'm you. I'm giving my time for free because I know eventually that will pay back. I believe in karma. I believe in good things come to those who do good. So that's why I'm doing it. But at the same time, my other business, my small business constituents, they cannot necessarily afford my services at the time. I had somebody who had to leave. It's not no. It's not. It's not no fault of their own. It's the environment that we're in. Things are not normal. So I understand it. So I myself have to plan around. It's like, okay, what can I do to replace that? You know, if that person can't pay me, how do I replace that? So it, you know, it doesn't make sense in my mind to go find another business person because everybody's probably going to be in a similar situation, right? You know, if this person, their business can't, you know, can't sustain that bill right now, what's the likelihood that somebody else is going to be able to do it? No. So I got to think outside of that. I, I posted today about the eight uh, the eight streams of income. I noticed that I got five of the eight. So what do I need to do now? I need to increase some of those. I, and, you know, some of those are easier than others. Buy more stocks. It might not be the thing for you to do. I'm not going to, you know, dump all my money into stocks, but maybe I increase my dividend paying stocks. Pro tip, AT&T has been paying <laughs> high dividends for years. My man. If you got a little bit of, if you got a little bit of money, buy you some AT&T, they'll pay you. And AT&T is, uh, I want to say it's less than $50 a share, you know, yeah. but stocks may not be your thing. This is not financial advice. This is just pro tip from a man who's been doing a little something on the side. You know what I'm saying? So don't go put all your money. Don't go put your PPE check in the AT&T and say, AJ said I was going to, no. Me and DJ and Doc, we started trading Forex. We make a little money on the side. That money's going to increase. I'm not telling you to go do that. Because hey, hey. look, let me tell you something. The first couple of the first couple of weeks I got in there, <laughs> hey, hey, let me tell you something. The market will eat your lunch, and it ain't I was getting, getting it custom call. I was getting custom phone calls from you. Did this happen let me to you? Tell you <laughs> let me tell you something. Y'all remember on life, what, what, what buddy asked? Did you want your cornbread? Yeah, the market don't ask you. The market come and get it off your plate and throws <laughs> your plate up against the wall and say, "Go clean it up." All right. So look, but you you gotta you gotta really just. Take some time, you know, time, that's time luxury, but you've got to find the time. 
Most people don't know this. And I was, I'll put it out there right now. 24-8, 248 MMBB. Y'all know what that is. That's me. The 24-8 came from the idea in my mind that I came up cuckoo one night that I said there are 24 hours in a day, seven days a week. Granted, everybody don't have, you know, time luxury. But if you was to take one hour out of each one of those days and allocate it to one thing, now you've created a whole extra day in sense because that's seven hours, an eight-hour workday minus lunch, that's seven hours of work. So if you take one hour every day and dedicate it to something, you've now essentially created an eighth day of the week for something that you are dedicated to. That's where 24-8 MMBB came from. So you take that same concept and you find out what you can pack into what time that you have available for you. If your job transitioned over and you were easily able to go virtual work and now you know that you got an extra hour in the morning, find something productive to do within that hour. Whether it's personal or professional, whether it's money-making or emotional, find it because you're going to need it, especially in this time coming up, you know? Everybody ain't got to be, you know, on the money train right now. Like I got to, I got to stack money. That might not be what you want to do right now. But what you do need to do is foster your relationships, like Doc said, and that can be personal and professional. Spend more time with your family. Spend, you know, set up an appointment and go talk to your banker. Business lines of credit, like DJ and Doc said. One thing that we do want to tell you though, once you go get those business lines of credit, they're going to ask for paperwork. They're going to ask for credential statements and things of that nature. You can't just go get business credit and think you're about to go just swipe it up. No, don't end up on that side. Plan. That's the that's that's the point of this is you can go do these things, but with these relationships that you foster, plan it. Talk to people, plan out your steps. Don't just wake up tomorrow, go to the bank, say, hey, I want a line of credit, get the line of credit, and now you got money, and then you just go do what you normally do when you got money. No, because this is not what you normally do when you got money. Right. We're in a totally different time period. So you gotta adjust. But you know. Yeah. Wrap it up for me, throw it to Doc. But then, you know, that's for me. You know, there was there was the, the the realizations of, you know, just putting things into perspective. And it ain't perfect. It ain't perfect. You know, at the beginning of the pandemic, you thinking one way, and you got a little bit of optimism, like I said, like, hey, you know, we got three months of this thing. We'll be good. Whether, you know, despite what's going on, hey, three months, we good. You know, we'll be back to normal. Might just have to wear these masks a little bit. And now, numbers going up. You're like, okay, I need to plan again. Because I planned before, and I might only plan for three to six months. And now that three to six months is up. Now we had nine months. And now I'm like, okay, well, I need to obviously extend that three. Then that nine, that's six to nine. Then I need to get, you know, six to nine more. Maybe a whole nother year, all of 2021. Put yourself in the mindset right now that all of 2021 is going to be very, very, very similar to what you got going on right now and plan accordingly. Go ahead, Doc. No, I was going to say, I think, uh, you know, this This is, it, it, as much as we talk about the loss of, of, financial and what uh what can happen in that direction i think for me you know all what, what stands out above all else is just the loss of human life man the people who are who are no longer going to be with us and i think right now we're just reeling trying to react to everything and we haven't really had the time to sit down and grieve and that time is going to come at some point right we i mean we have had uh, a, a quarter million people, people gone, man. Folks that we didn't get the chance to uh, to go to the funeral and, and do what we normally do and, and had a chicken afterwards. And you know what I mean? And hug and love on one another. And, 
and talk about how we missed the person. We, you know, trying to, and, and you can busy yourself by recognizing, oh, we have all this stuff in front of us to get done now. But at some point, it, it's going to hit us, that human loss, that irreplaceable loss, right? And, and there's no planning that you can do to, that, that's going to get get you out of that. It's just something we're going to have to experience. And so um, for Life the people who are... For the people who don't, I'm getting to that, but for the people who are, for the people who are feeling and suffering, right, I I want you to, number one, know you're not alone, and number two, recognize that right now, um, you can, at a lower price than ever, access mental health workers who will actually sit down and talk to you in the same sort of environment we're talking now. You can get counseling, and you can get, you can get help. The feelings that you're feeling, that death. That desperation, that desolation, that feeling of sadness, it, you know, don't let that just take you down somewhere where you end up doing something that's, that's self-destructive. Recognize that there's resources out here to help you above all else, right? There is that. Number two, in terms of life going forward, listen to Fauci now. Fauci now. Not the, not the politicians that are trying to get the votes and get, you know, wants the Fauci now. Fauci and whoever Fauci be next to. Fauci Nim. That's it. Okay. In terms of what you need to be doing, Fauci Nim and his 40, 50 years uh. of doing of infectious diseases and bringing us through HIV, listen to him and, and think of, you know, a, a plan accordingly in terms of how you're going to keep your family physically safe. Okay. So the, those things I think are more important than every, uh, everything else, because even if, you know, even when the money's gone or there's there's problems, I've got I got a uh, I've got family members who who've lost homes and and now I have their own businesses and doing things and thriving even in times where other folks are just are, are really having a difficult time, right? And so uh, your time can come, but you have to you you, you have to be moving in, in that direction. You have to be willing to uh, be willing to to keep pushing forward. And I'm not saying you just soldier through. I'm saying that, you know, sometimes you need to make yourself ready for, uh, make yourself, um, give yourself those resources that you need to talk to the people that you need to talk to so that you can, you can, uh, you can be okay. All right. We, are, this is not over yet. And, and I know that people are weary of the whole deal and i think that's part of the problem it's like i'm tired of the mask i'm tired of the house i'm tired of not going to parties and clubs and i'm tired of not eating at restaurants and when will i get back to regular life i understand that frustration i feel that that frustration and every time that i start to think that i could allow that frustration to do something that might be outside of what Fauci and them would tell you to do, recognize the cost. Look at what happens when the numbers start to go back up and you start to hear stories via Facebook of people you know losing folks. And now, you know, it's not just the higher uh, population density areas, it's the areas, uh, you know, in, in Texas and Oklahoma and, and New Mexico and places where they don't have the same number of trained uh, uh, respiratory therapists and hospital staff and hospital resources in general. They can't afford to, you know, to not listen to these things. And they've been told these things that are against their own scientific best interests by people for whatever reason. 
but we have to get past this because black and Hispanic people are dying at a higher clip. The cost for us is higher than it is for other people who might ignore some of these, uh, some of these scientific suggestions about what you need to do to stay alive. Take this seriously. You know, I'm going to disagree with you, AJ, on, on the vaccine. I know I, our history as a people makes us so much less trusting of the medical establishment in general with good reason, right? And so I totally get why a lot of people who are who are African-American specifically are like, nah, I ain't taking it. I, I might not, I'm not going to be first in line. <laughs> but but I'm but I'm going to be in line, okay? Hey, hey, Doc, I'm going hey, look, to. Hey, All I'm gonna tell you is you need to get with me a DJ and change your last name to a W or Z. Get, <laughs> hey, look, I'm getting to the very end of that line. They cut, look, look, like like the old say. Yeah, I'm saying what I what I don't want is for us to be the only ones who are not immune, right? And we just continue to pass this amongst ourselves when we have a large we have a large uh, a chance of having uh, major major maladies from it. So I don't want you know I don't I just you know I don't want the same way I talked about our mistrust because the bank the our mistrust of the banking system is is rooted in very real things that have happened to us. Yeah, but continuing to live in that victimhood is hurting us now and it'll hurt us more going forward it's the same thing when it comes to the medical uh the medical establishment we can't allow what has been done to us and how we've been victimized in the past make put us in a position where we continue to victimize ourselves going forward we can't do that we can't afford that and so we're going to need to be very very vigilant about our our, our health, very uh, vigilant about what it is that we're doing uh, financially going forward. And that's, hey, that's why the brethren are here, man, to try to help in that and, and, and give some direction. And we do need to do more, get some, uh, we might have to get your buddy back to come and talk about what things you can do uh, at, as a, uh, you know, working with the business bankers so that you can have yourself, your, your business structure better and give more pointed advice going forward on those things. Maybe even a health expert coming in too, but we have to, you know, we have to take care of ourselves and one another. And we have to remember that people are more important than things. And we'll be all right. If we do that, we look what we've been through, not through, through, we gonna we'll make it through this too. We're going to be all right. We're going to be all right. All right. So, Gents, we are coming up on time that we said we was going to be on here. All right. Um, so I'm going to pass it around to say closing remarks. What I want from your closing remarks, this is something we've never done. I'm going to tell oh, you what I want from you specifically. Okay. I want, I want three bullet points on what you want people to take away right now. This is your last chance to tell people something good. DJ, then Doc. Let's go. Yeah, I don't know if I have three, but I'll, I'll tell you the one. Oh, that you I got have. three. They start with an E. <laughs> well, I'm not even going to do the entitlement engagement execute. They can they can find that. <laughs> okay. okay. I see. Oh, I didn't know you made masks. Okay. I get down with that. I get down with that. But, but for real, like, so here's one thing. One of the first things I had to realize is that I have first class problems relative to what some of the people that I care about, um, frankly, that I love 
or that I'm just associated with had. I had first class problems. And because I had to try to preserve the resources that I had for my family, there was minimal things that I could do for them. And that hurt me. And so um, the, the first thing I wanna uh, let people know is that you need to realize your privilege and where you sit in this whole thing. Just realize your, your privilege, regardless of the situation. So that's number one for me, realize your privilege. Number two, do something for somebody besides yourself. Like pick a day, do something for somebody besides yourself. Random acts of kindness in this environment literally will save some people's lives, right? So, so please take that serious. But number three, and I'm not even gonna say this is below or above anything else. I need you guys to take care of your mental health because this is a, as much as this is a pandemic, this is a mental health crisis as well. It is not natural for us to be doing what it is we're doing right now. And so if you're feeling something like Doc said, if you're feeling some type of way, don't think that that's unnatural, not normal. I think you need to actually embrace that and go to somebody that cares about you and talk to them and let them know you're feeling uneasy. You're feeling stressed. You have an increased level of anxiety. Whatever that looks like, you need to let it out. You know, find you an outlet, like a healthy one at that. You know, look, we always laugh and joke and say, we're going to go around the room and we're going to toast it up and have a drink. But I've seen Doc work out every day during this pandemic. I logged four or five miles every day. And look, I'm not an avid runner, and I'm hey, wait, not wait, gonna wait, be. Wait, 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 hold on. You trying? You trying to call me out because I don't exercise or something? You know, I, I know. Oh you know, no, I was coming to you because you no, run behind. No, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. No, I'm doing 12 push-ups tonight. As soon as we get off this hill call. First of all, <laughs> first of all, if you were to turn your Samsung health on, you follow Avery around for about a good three miles a day. I can promise you that. No, hey, let me tell you something. Avery, Avery being an, an invisible uh, corral. <laughs> <laughs> Being an invisible corral, stay within these boundaries. Yeah. <laughs> but, Go ahead, finish. No, you're good, man. But it's 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 those things, right? So, and the reason why I say those things because that's independent of any business situation. That's independent of how much money you make. These are things that every single person can do, right? So it's it's um, there's no discriminatory factor. There's no cutoff for that. Please do those things for your family and for yourself, especially if you're in a position of privilege. Like, recognize that that's important, man. Just understand your problems are different than others. And when you hear them, try to be there for a person because you don't know what they might need. Now, you asked me about the other three things. Find a way, you know, like as it relates to my business owners, and we're going to specifically talk about that. The three pillars that I built my business, my life, my career, everything on is empowerment, engagement and execution. Empowerment is about actionable ideas. You want to bring actionable intelligence to people to make decisions. Engagement is about the environment that you create for them to do it in. So they need to know that there is a culture and an environment in place for them to be comfortable enough to be vulnerable, share ideas, um, share with you specifically, and then allow you to help them cultivate those things. Execution is simple. How do we pull those first two things through to get you to the end result? And you need to surround yourself with people who are um, more, have a more expert, have more expertise in those areas than you do. So Again, that's to me, that's how you protect yourself both personally 
and professionally. But again, for those of you who have lost loved ones during this time, uh, for me and my family, my heart goes out to you. If, uh, if you're currently struggling um, with COVID or any related disease, my heart goes out to you and my prayers are with you. And for those of us who have been unaffected by it, let's, uh, let's try to be diligent in the best ways we know how to uh, protect, uh, protect those that are the most vulnerable amongst us. So with that, man, uh, that concludes my comments and I pass it back to you. Most definitely. And I know Doc is going to have his, his three points, people over things. So good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> it's a wrap. No, go, go, go ahead, Doc. Yeah. No, I was going to say, so uh, to your point about people over things, you know, it's still giving Tuesday, right? And so there's it, no matter how well you're doing financially, I think all of us recognize that we've had some loss during this time. And there's nothing that I think makes me at least feel better than being able to give. The only thing better than that is actually doing it and giving, right? And and seeing that somebody else can benefit from the, the place of surplus that you have. So recognize that if you are blessed and, you know, I don't know what you uh, believe in in terms of religious uh, beliefs, but in terms of just life in general, man, that energy that you put out comes back. Okay. And so put out that, put out that positive energy. If you're in a position where you can financially help, um, an organization that's helping people or individuals directly do that, do that. I promise you, you'll feel so much better, uh, once you do it. And the nice thing about doing that is it's one of those contagious things that when you do it and you talk about it, and you feel good about it. It makes other people want to do it. And you have even more impact in making the world uh, a positive place. And I think right now, while times are tough, we need that more than ever. Um, the, the importance of, uh, of, of physically um, recognizing that your body matters and that you need to treat it with respect and love is something that I hope that we all are a little bit more in tune with and, and more appreciative of the fact that, hey, man, this whole thing can be fleeting. So take care of your your body to, to even, you might not be able to do insanity, but I know if you have stairs in your house, walk up them bad boys and walk down a couple times. Do it, walk up and down the stairs for 10 minutes and see if you don't break a little sweat and feel better after you did it, or five minutes, or two minutes, or just walk up to the top and sit down if that's all you can do. But you'll feel better having done something and tried to push yourself a, a little bit physically. So, you know, give, uh, obviously make sure you take care of, of your body and then recognize that this too shall pass. Just like mm -hmm. everything else, time moves on. And it's going, you know, eventually, you know, this, this will be the, the vaccine, despite how much we run from eventually, it's going to, it's going to take hold. And it's not, this particular pandemic is not going to grip us in the way that it has, but how will it have changed you? How will you have responded to it? Hopefully, um, you know, uh, I, I know a pastor who says, you know, the difficult times either make you bitter or they make you better. And so you get to decide which one you're going to be. You don't get to decide what the challenge is going to be. You don't get to decide what the storm is going to be, but you get to decide how you react to it, and how you move on from it going forward. And I hope, and I'm optimistic that you will be able to move forward more fully 
more healthily, more financially prepared, more spiritually in tune, and recognizing the value of the relationships that you have with other people more fully so that you can live a more full life. So that's all I have. Most definitely, most definitely. Look, as usual, I appreciate y'all for letting me kidnap y'all digitally for a minute, you know, <laughs> uh, to, you know, just get get some get some positive information out, which is what we normally do. We hadn't uh, even, you know, even amongst us, we haven't, you know, been in our normal groove of our thing. You know, it's been a long time since us three have been together. I talk to DJ almost every day. Me and Doc, I randomly text Doc every now and again. Um, but it's, you know, just first off, thank you both for, you know, allowing me a little bit of time. Um, you know, we got time luxury. So, you know, I'm appreciative of what we, you know, what we were able to carve out real quick as far as that. But as far as my three things, I'll make it, I'll make it simple. Cause y'all, you know, as y'all usually do, y'all are eloquent dinner. You know, if this was the after show, y'all know what I say. Y'all eloquent. Y'all some eloquent. Mm, yeah. So young, young true man. Fashion. <laughs> true brethren fashion. Grab your drinks. So I'm a, uh, I'm gonna induct everybody who watches this video now or in the future. If you watch this video, I'm gonna induct you into uh, my happy hour family, and I'll tell you the same thing that I tell all of them, and I and I mean this, is that I pray that every single one of you that are under the sound of my voice come out of this better than we went into it no i'm not a preacher i'm a prophet no nah. um but yeah i i pray i pray i pray that we all come out of this better. uh but you know three things take away is recognize your place in this Acknowledge where you are in this. It's, it's really summing up what DJ and Doc say. Like, if you are struggling right now, acknowledge that you're struggling. You know, we always hear the first step to, you know, you know, to admitting is, you know, is, uh, well, what is the first step to the grief is denial. We're grieving right now. Like Doc said, we're grieving. Things are not normal. People have lost their jobs. People have lost their homes. People have lost loved ones. There's a lot of loss. And the, the the caveat to it is it may seem overwhelming and it may seem not normal because of the, the circumstances that we're in. And we can't say whether it would be or not. We can't say if, if Corona wasn't here, would the same things happen to people the same way? We can't say that. So be truthful with yourself and acknowledge where you are in this pandemic. If you're doing fine, acknowledge that you're doing fine and you know figure out how you can do better. If you're struggling, acknowledge that you're struggling and figure out how you can pull yourself out of your struggle. If you need help, admit that you need help, find the help. If you need money, admit that you need money, try to find it. You know, and one of the underlying things in this conversation, I don't want it to be that we're talking about money, uh, but you know, based on what we, where we live in the society we in, it's unavoidable. So I, you know, we recognize that a lot of the loss and you know the negativity of where we are is financially related. And that's why we have the conversations we have so that we can make sure that people are more financially literate. That doesn't mean that everybody's gonna be rich, but we do want people in a place of comfort if things should arise. 
you know, being comfortable in a place that's, you know, we're in a pandemic. I'm not rich, but I'm not struggling right now. That's where we wish people were at, you know? So those are my three things. I don't even know if that was three. Who knows? It sounds like I'm a not, good three. It's good, man. I'm not, look, I'm not as eloquent as y'all, too. You know, sounds I like, but you didn't, you didn't finish. Oh, look, oh, 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 you, I went to Tuskegee with you. You're going to finish that drink because I noticed. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to need you to do so, that. Yeah. Here's to everybody coming out on the other side of this bed and we went into it. We love each and every one of you all. And we, uh, you know, we just, we want the best for everybody. So if you, if you need us as a resource, we are here for you. We mean it. So cheers. Cheers, bros. It's been great, gentlemen. Now y'all go use the rest of y'all time. DJ, I'll see you at four in the morning for the London session. I'll see you at four o'clock, baby. Uh, appreciate you. Salutations have been given.